Hello and welcome to In the Back Pocket. Georgie Parker here. I'm back after a couple of weeks off and these guys. Welcome back, JP. Thank, thank welcome you. back. How'd you go? You yeah. did your power of work in the Commonwealth I, Games. I really did. I don't work yeah. very often, but when I do, I work yeah. very, very hard. Well done. Um, what was your favourite part? Finishing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really? Uh, very tiring stuff. But look, I'm back in this AFL Good time. Good to have you back, GP. Thank you. Um, you've had Things a... did uh, go swimmingly well with that. You just can't live it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, same about your tips, hey? So how are the pies Ooh. doing? Oh, the pies are going great. <laughs> going great. Any harm on tipping them sometime soon? Because it's no, been a... pies. Look at this. I'm all, I'm all weeks and pies. weeks. How about I keep tipping the opposition and the pies keep winning for all the pie supporters out there? Well, but I'm not this week because they're going to lose. <laughs> you say, let's have a look for people who don't follow this show. You need to, but have a look at BJ's form and tipping Collingwood. Collingwood have been up for a long time. You mentioned eight in a row. They've been up for a long time. They're a young team, much like uh, Geelong. They're almost due for a while. I, I just think a young team, they've been up for a long time. The pressure of, you know, winning... Is it now nine in a row? Like as much as they want to keep Young winning because of their position in the eight, but I think that would be a good thing to actually let one. Uh, I just think this week against an experienced Melbourne team uh, on Friday night footy, I just think it may be too much for uh, Collingwood. Uh, Collingwood. <laughs> um, do, you, do you reckon Collingwood are a, a young side? <laughs> yes. They're a young team. You do doing what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got, BJ. Doing extraordinary. You're learning a hard lesson in punting <laughs> at the moment. extraordinary things. We will get to them later, but are you going to tip them this If week? you keep doing that every week, eventually you'll be right. Yeah, that's right. As one of our colleagues here at Sportsbet said, if you just keep betting on red, it's eventually going to come up. That's <laughs> yep. just how long it takes. <laughs> well, I'm betting on Sydney this week. But with red, you can still go. Every, every turn, every turn, every turn. The odds are the same, right? Yeah, well, there's only a certain amount of weeks left. So there's two games left, yep. potential three finals. So there's only five spins left that you can get wrong. Yeah, just keep doubling up, doubling up, doubling up. I'm doubling uh, up again this week. Well, let's go to where Nathan Brown makes his money and his best work. That's where he's made his name. What I will say, George, is very hard to find value at this time of the year. Remember, it is, oh, it when is When I was talking about Bailey Dale at the start of the year being two bucks and uh, yeah, Jack Sinclair, he was two fifty at the start of the year. The value has the been algorithms. sucked out. Of, the, yeah, algorithms. the algorithm's been working yeah. overtime and our traders We're in round have been 21, working Brandy. overtime just trying to just, just nudge those prices down. So let's have a look at the 20-plus disposal market first. And look, Ed Richards has been really good. Kadeen Coleman then dropped off last week, so it's a hard one. But uh, there's no players there apart from Ed Richards who have had four weeks in a row of 20-plus. So this is how hard it is getting uh, in the value hunters on the 20-plus disposal. Also got the second page there. This is humor cluggage, but Maybe Windhager goes to him. He's been tagging. Does he go to Lockie Neal? I'd be going to McCluggage. Bailey Dale, I said, was two bucks. He got down to a dollar thirty not that long ago. Back to a dollar sixty-seven. That is certainly a bet for Bailey Dale. I'll be taking that. Twenty-five plus disposals. Then you've got uh, Brandon Ellis is playing some nice football. Travis Boak. You can be confident when you back Travis Boak that he's going to get around the mark. And Dylan Moore playing more midfield time. Last five games he's played midfield and they've won four of them. Charlie Cameron. I'll be taking him to kick two plus goals uh, and I'll also be taking Cameron Zuhart to kick two plus goals in that game playing a bit of football. Uh, the Kangaroos and Tom Papley having a nice purple patch at the moment but I still think Jamie Elliott there for two plus goals is very good value. I like Darling at two plus goals even at his, his last game at the Optus Stadium. I think that he's... And Kennedy's not there. 
So he's yeah. the main yeah. focus. Yeah. I like that. So Jack Darling's last game. Did you, did yeah. you, did oh, you no, like how he, he tried to cover his tracks and say it's hard to find value, but I still found five pages worth? Yeah. Just yeah. to make him sound better <laughs> when he gets his green ticket. No, well, there used to be pages and pages worse. Um, premiership market, obviously looking very yeah. different than it did halfway through the season. Everyone was putting chips in on uh, Melbourne. They were. But Cats now. Well, it is Geelong, uh, the best side in the competition. I think they're the best side in the competition by a long way at the moment, but that doesn't mean you can get to a preliminary final and not be knocked off by a Richmond or a Carlton if they manage to finish eighth. Richmond at $15. Now, uh, they are playing really good football. They lost to North Melbourne, they lost to Sydney, they lost to Geelong, all leading, um, and they lost also the Gold Coast Suns. So I am very bullish on Richmond at the moment. I don't think Collingwood can win it. I think Sydney can win it at $7. And yeah, people have writing off Melbourne. I can't write off Melbourne yet. I know people are saying they can't kick goals at the moment. Their defensive aspect of their game is dropped off. But you saw two weeks ago, Melbourne clicked into gear against Fremantle. They had 30 more inside 50s than Collingwood last week. The only reason Collingwood won that well. game was Darcy Moore, um, uh, also Jeremy Howe in their back end. They were unbelievable at stopping those entries inside full field. It wasn't if Melbourne getting in there and missing a lot. They were absolutely defending brilliantly. So 30 plus inside 50s, you have that again in a final, I'm gonna back Melbourne in. What about you for your tip for the Premiership? Firstly, do you think Melbourne are gonna make the top four? Uh, Secondly, can they win the flag? Yeah, they can. But again, they're, they're, I'd say form, form's probably judged over a month of footy. So the last three weeks for Melbourne's been pretty solid. And again, last week, they actually played well without getting a result. So yes, they'll be disappointed with the result, but I think they would have reviewed that as a real positive moving forward. So as you said, there's some concerns around their forward line, which we've touched on weeks ago with you know, Ben Brown in particular. You know, where's Sam Weedham? There's an opportunity for him to stand up and, and grab that position. That's not happening. Relying on Kazai Pickett, Bailey Fritch is arguably finding his best form for the year. Looked dangerous when Max Gorn was down there last yeah, week. Yeah, and so if he had a kick straight. So there's all these things, but you'd you'd argue that they, they've, they're in some form even though they didn't get the result last week. So yes, I, I agree that they can win it. And it's, it's, it's hard for them, you think, like personally as a player, they've been up for a long time. Um, dominating footy, and then you get to this back end of the year, we know how hard it is as players, Brandy, to stay motivated. It's all these little things that contribute to a lack of motivation, and they've probably got more so that just because of where they're going and what they've put in and what they've got out of it, all that kind of thing. But this time of year, you know, stimulates players more than anything. For an experienced team like Melbourne, I think it's the right time to find some form, and as I made mention, so, their last three weeks have been good, so the next two, I'm going to assume it's going to be pretty solid leading into finals. So Melbourne or Geelong, who's your tip out of those two? Oh, I, th I think you can't go past Geelong at the minute, yep. but as Brownie's alluding to, it's great to be in great form now, but what's most important is how you're playing come finals time, yep. so from the start of September. We feel like Geelong, what have they won, 11 in a row now? Yep. So they'll probably win their last two games, which is 13. You have to win 16 games in a row to win it, which is an almighty effort, and they're good enough to do it. Their numbers behind the footy are outstanding. They've got Jeremy Cameron, obviously, um, and also Tom Hawkins. And you get the week off, so yeah. you get a break. If, they can, if somebody can match them in the middle and beat them up in the middle of the ground, that's where you can get them. I don't think you can get them at either end, but if you get enough ball in the middle against Geelong, like Sydney did back in round two. It's a long time ago that someone's beaten up against them. Second half against Richmond. Richmond really beat up against them in the middle of the ground. If you can do that, and it's, it's easier said than done because they've got some really good players in there as well. But I feel like either end of the ground, Geelong are unstoppable. That's where you can get them, in the middle. Yeah, I like it. Well, first game of the round, Friday night footy. It's St Kilda and Brisbane. Saints fighting for a spot in the top eight. Brisbane fighting for their spot in the top four. 
who's winning this one. It is down here at Marvel. So Brisbane top four aspirations. 42 points up against the Bull, uh, against the Tigers. They lose the game. Last week, 57 points up. Carlton kick eight goals in the last quarter. They lose three or four percent in that last quarter, which was extraordinary. So they probably should be in the top four from percentage, yeah. but they're not. So we look at this game and where's the value? I think Brisbane win this game. They should yeah. be winning this game. But Lockie Neal, I think there's a buyer beware, like I said before, around Lockie Neal and also Hugh McCluggage. So Windhager has been tagging. He's been tagging. He's gone to Tim Kelly, kept him the four disposals. And then he started on Guthrie last week, did a really good job early, limited his performance, only had 22, probably didn't tag him for 120 minutes mm. of football, was probably on there for 75 to 80% of the game around Guthrie. But to keep Guthrie to 22 disposals at Geelong, which he's dominated down there. Last seven in a row was 25 plus. So does he go to Neil or does he go to McCluggage? If I'm St Kilda, I'm sending him to McCluggage. But I'm not going to either back Neil or McCluggage this week purely for the fact I don't know where he's going to go. So this is Hugh McCluggage's last eight games. Every game has been over 25 disposals. And look at that. There is eight goals kicked in the last eight games. So that is the reason why I'm going to McCluggage. I feel like he's a better user on the outside than what Neil is. Neil, McCluggage can't give you the inside feed out that Lockie Neal can. He can't give you the clearance work that Lockie Neal can. But I feel like McCluggage is the one to lock away and Windhager probably goes to him. What about Charlie Cameron in terms of some goal scoring? Yeah, I like him this week. You highlight him in our value bet. But I just think he's, uh, or in particular, his last six games, he's been really solid. So as you know, he tends to play that uh, deepest, regardless of his size, but he's got great ability on the ground and in the air. So that's he's a double, triple threat to most defenders. So I don't, I don't think Saints have a, a good matchup for him when you throw in who they've got to defend on. Will, will he go to him? No, that's he, he arguably plays as a second tall, so it's McStay, Daniel, so Hipwood, yeah. and then that's where Bailey. I think the smalls come into it this week because they'll he got put off a, the chain last week. Put a lot of effort into their talls, being some Kilda defenders in, in Danaher, um, Hipwood, and McStay, and then they're vulnerable. I think just with those small medium defenders. Well, doggies and GWS dogs still have something to play for. GWS, though, they're playing for, I guess, contract positions and things like that at the moment. How are you seeing this one? It should be an easy win for the dogs, you'd assume, but GWS can sometimes put up a fight. Yeah, and they had good performance against Essendon last week, as disappointing yeah. as Essendon were in the second half. But GWS, like you just alluded to, there's a lot, a lot on the line, not only for the club, but individuals, about uncertainty around their future, guys yeah. coming out of contract, even guys in contract. Again, I think we touch on this show, when you don't have a coach, you're not sure who that's going to be and you're not sure... It's when, a job interview when they for them. Correct. When they come in, what's their opinion of me? And and players worry about this thing. It's, it's at the forefront of your mind we're in this position. I think we've both been in this position having coaches fired and you have an interim coach or a standing coach come to... And, you know, you're worried about what may happen in the future regardless of your position security in the team. They had a response last week too. So uncontested marks against the Bombers were well up. Yeah. Uncontested marks against the Bulldogs for Fremantle last week was what won them the game. So if the Giants look at that and go, we won this way playing last week, Fremantle beat this opposition doing it the way we did it last week, we need to replicate that. The big thing the dog that they need to defend. They, they were defending nothing last week. So many times where they get in the zone, they flaky. get they get in their they, they were flaky. They get in their right spot in the zone. They're like, okay, I've stood in the right spot now. What do I Job's do? Done. They don't move. They don't do it. They're not proactive. They're not saying, you need to get over there. I've got five here. I'm going to get this guy. There's nothing like that. They stand there. It's like they've got concrete boots on and they just stand there and go, I'm in the right spot. 
my job is done. done. <laughs> well, it's not. Yeah. And look, it has been good some players, uh, yeah. been some good players at the Dogs. And I want to talk about Ed Richards because I still think there's value around this guy. These are his last five games. Every game above 20 disposals, $1.56 goes in his same game multis, playing that half-back role. They give him the football. He's an intercept marker. Him and Bailey Dale. I spoke about Bailey Dale. He's got good stats again. So Ed Richards, 20 plus. Bailey Dale, 25 plus. Well, Adelaide and North Melbourne, these two clubs probably cannot wait for the season to be over. It's played at Adelaide Oval, their last proper home game of the season. Struggling North, obviously, Adelaide should get the job done. Is that going uh, Yeah, Adelaide, Adelaide's formed the last three weeks. And the way they've been playing as well, their the tackle stats. I think last week was the first time they were under 80 tackles in the last month. And it was, they've been outstanding. So there's a lot of good things happening in Adelaide. So if you're Adelaide's a supporter, I'll be quite positive that obviously the, the highs and lows, what did I just say? <laughs> highs and lows this year, no. the difference between their best <laughs> and the worst has been quite severe. But their, their best yeah. is like really competitive yep. against good opposition based on how they're doing it, about the pressure game, tackle game. It's not built on offence, um, which I think we saw early in the year, in particular last year. So I, I like what I'm seeing out of Adelaide. Just, I just think they need to add a couple of more A-graders, which they're heavily invested in Rankin and the contract offer. They're going you know, all in on that. So they're out there being proactive in terms of who they're trying to get to the footy club to improve their list. $900,000 touted for Isaac Rankin. Would you be Four paying years. that? So if you were... Every the, year is going... Every person you speak to, it goes up, though. It was 700 then it was 800 yeah. well, Now you're yes, saying 900 yes, offered him... 800, he knocked that back, but obviously Adelaide. Well, that's the lure of going home as well. So when yeah, you that's what we're hearing. Money. 900 grand for Isaac Rankin. Is he worth it? Well, if you're the list manager, yeah. would you be paying that? Uh, it's a tough one because he arguably is because you've got to pull him away from Gold Coast. So Gold Coast offering him or reports at 650, 700. You're paying potential in what he could do. Correct. Which which is dangerous. Which we see happen more often nowadays than it used to. I think. It, you, you, and as a club's point of view and a supporter, you want certainty around that. I just don't think you get that as much now. But to throw 900, it's probably sounds ridiculous. But when you say he's being offered 650, 700 at Gold Coast and to lure him away from that, you have to offer an extra couple of hundred thousand. So, and then the, the appeal of going home, it is big. I wouldn't be paying him any more than 600. But, and, and the good thing is it's not, you know, uh, from the club's point of view, it's not a seven-year deal. It's a or reports a four-year deal. So they've got some security around. They're not silly enough to go, yeah, let's give him a six, seven-year deal. Yeah. And, in uh, saying that, we're talking about them. Um, Daniel McStay being 600 at Collingwood, or that's that's big money as well. Yeah, for, for his calibre, respected him. But as a third tall that he's played in a really good team for the last three or four years, mm. that's good money. So when you say Daniel McStay's getting 600, would you pay Rankin 900? How so much of it is Mayo? We're talking 900,000. <laughs> How much is it actually then, do you reckon? Well, I don't think... It'll be around the mark. Yeah, it'll be around the mark. It might, it might be 50 grand here or there. Difference, it might be 800, but 800 to 900, it's still too much and it's massive money. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 600 for me, for a player who hasn't... Oh, this has been his best year, but it's still, it's been inconsistent at mm -hmm. times. And I just think 900 grand is something that you play a player that's going to make all the difference. So that is a player Proven. coming to your football club. So... It is a Lance Franklin going to Sydney. Yeah. You pay that big money. It is North Melbourne trying to get Dusty at one point one million. That that that, yeah. that they can change the, the culture. Wins. They can change the direction of the football club. Yeah. There's not many players out here that can do that. But if you get them, I don't think Isaac Rankin's that player. I think you don't Isaac, think he's that player. You don't think he can turn into that player. I don't think. Or is um, it more about I that may he's be not, wrong. Not proven. I may be wrong, but he's risk. not proven yet. Yeah. I think players who are proven. Franklin, Martin, then they go after them, then they play the big money. Uh, granted, it was 1.1 they were offering 
the, Dustin Martin, which yeah. is a bit more than that. But 900 for Isaac Rankin, who's been playing half forward. Do you pay a half forward? No, it, is it they, the same conversation? I hope they got designed to, to play midfield. We're going to a little bit about punting. Is we the have. same conversation about Luke Jackson, about potentially his Absolutely. $1 million deal? That's, Absolutely. Yes, he... Young. For his first couple of years, been outstanding yep. as a young player, but he struggled a, a little team. bit. Yeah, struggled a little bit in the last say ten to twelve weeks, and still getting ridiculous offer based on potential. So it's a yeah. really big risk from both Fremantle and Adelaide because there's again no certainty. So you're still taking a really big punt. You yeah. look like an absolute superstar list manager if you get it right, though, don't you? Yeah, correct. Whereas you look absolutely stupid if you do what Collingwood have done and have to dish off, yeah. trying to dish off Grundy, yeah. dish off Trollo. Well, let's get back. Well, they played in the grand final in 2018. It's taken them four years to get back to competing again, yeah. Collingwood, with all the changes that go yeah. on. Yep. Well, let's get back into it. We're actually talking about Adelaide and North Melbourne. We've <laughs> yeah. gone off on contract talks of Gold Coast, Suns and Melbourne guys. But bet with mates, Kitty. I've heard it's gone back to nothing again. Um, it wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't me, so was apparently it, wasn't me. it was been playing you. Dumb. I'm still the only person that hasn't Please. lost my bet with mates, Kitty. I'm going in this game and I'm going Adelaide. I think they'll get the job done, but to make sure I get that $1.20 value, I've mm. gone at a pick-your-own-line of minus 8.5. Nice one, George. They should win by more than that. It's well, a good record. Be anyway, well, we're going to get up to the next Saturday games just on the other side of this one. Callan Ward, he just does it pretty much every week. Jed Anderson's having a really good patch as well. David Mundy, 35 last week. Ed Rich is having a really good patch. Nick Blakey plays great football. And this is where I made my name, BJ, the 25 plus. Humor cluggage every week at the moment. You've got to back him. Jack Vining, he gets the job done every week. And here's the two plus goals. There's value around in the goals if you can find it. I do like Jamie Elliott against the Pies. Jordan Dugowie at the MCG this year. Look for him, minimum I think 20, but look for maybe 25 to 30 plus because of his role and his time spent in the midfield. Noah Anderson. He continues to get the job done. I love Ed Richards and what he does. He's good above his head. He breaks the lines with speed. Shea Bolton, just about the most electric player in the competition. Two threes in there, and he's still $1.85 or $3.80. What he does well is he kicks the ball well. Their total goals is 15 and a half, and I think against North Melbourne, they can kick over 15 and a half goals. His humour cluggage has had a wonderful period, and I think he'd be voting in a lot of these games. I'm happy to take Lockie Neal at that 30 plus. Chris, Chris Judd, Josh um, Kennedy. I think wins? both won. I think both are winners, but overall, there's a premiership, so Correct. West Coast wins. Both these two men, very, very happy with their... A lot of green ticks without you last week, wasn't there? Oh, get it, Grip. Oh, my said, Did you watch the episode last week? Because I'd, I'd had some funnies and nailed it with you. Mm. She goes, no, nah, sorry, I haven't watched oh, it. Oh, <laughs> Strangely <laughs> enough, I have a life. Uh, all right, Geelong and Gold Coast. Geelong absolutely firing. 11 in a row, I think it is. Uh, Geelong should get the job done. Oh, Gold they? Coast, though, challenging everyone this year. Yeah, the last month has been disappointing. Yeah, so I after agree. the since Stewie Jew re- well, since he resigned <laughs> and Noah Anders kicked the goal after the siren, they've lost three of their last four. Yeah. And the start of the game last week for the Hawks was 
was terrible. So the first half, they were down by eight in clearances, down by eight in contested footy, yeah. down by 12 in inside 50s. And after the break, uh, second half, they dominated in that area. They got back into the game. They lost by seven points. So, look, I can't see anybody beating Geelong at the moment. Um, as we spoke about at the top of the program, that can happen. But um, the premiership market, the Coleman Middle market, so they're in everything at the moment. Geelong are the favourites. You've got Jeremy Cameron up there. Can he catch Charlie Kerno? He's five behind Charlie Kerno. I'm not sure. Week, I'm not sure he can make that up. We've got West Coast next week. Charlie Kuno kicked three in the last quarter last week, I think, in a, in a nice little patch. Can't so. make it up. I don't think he can make it up. They, no. But There's the, the two boots. differences in who they're playing, Geelong versus Carlton, there in it terms is, of yeah. the opportunities. Geelong but, have more opportunities to score. Oh, they certainly right? do, yeah. But, but Charlie just probably needs to kick two and a half goals a game to get five. Yep. It's going to be Good tough point. to cover ten. Mm, yeah. What about this game, Noah Anderson? How are you seeing him? Love him. Every week I back Noah Anderson yep. because Took Miller, the price has gone for Took Miller. He's been doing it for too long, for too often. So Noah Anderson, this is his last six games, every game. Um, he gets the job done, 25 plus disposals. I think I think at the start of this six-week period, he was about a dollar ninety. So certainly the price is going, but it's something to put in your same game multis. Yeah, I like it. Melbourne and Carlton. Carlton, obviously, a lot of noise going on about them this week. Paddy Cripps Ooh, clear to play. I'm obviously very, very happy, happy about lady. it. Oh, absolutely. I was watching the hour 45 deliberation from oh, the you boys. You said you've got a life, though, but you watched that. Yeah, but that's my man, Fatty Cripps. But <laughs> Carlton can't really challenge them. Their last well, back yeah, end of the they season. Have to. They, they have, have to, to yeah. but will they? Well, we were all expecting it last week, right, which is a pretty important game for them up at the Gabba, and they were just insipid for three quarters. Yep. And and we've seen it before, right? Come the last quarter, they've got nothing to lose. Just just take all the risks in the world or, or open up naturally, you know, mentally, just who cares about the result now and all of a sudden they start playing good footy. So that they should actually take something out of that in terms of how they approach that last quarter because that's how they should approach the first quarter this week against Melbourne. But are we going to see that? We're not sure now. As of 10 weeks ago, you knew what Carlton were going to dish out each week, weren't you? Now there's a big question mark. What are we going to get from Carlton? Would there be a bigger question mark on Melbourne if Carlton beat them this week? Uh, yeah, yes. but and it depends how it happens. So if, if it gets again, if it's a, a performance like Melbourne put in last week and still lose, well, you'd say there's question mark probably gets bigger, but it's still, again, how it's more about how it happens for mine. So concerning thing for mine, Carlton's form leading the finals. Dropping Silvani a few weeks ago, even though he played as the Medi sub in Yen, was a strange one. De Koning being dropped, I understand that his form in the ruck probably hasn't warranted selection and they bring Pitnet back in. So why wouldn't you put him at centre-half back? Um, along with Wiedering. Wiedering at fullback, Tom DeConing. Um, which one is it? Sam or Tom? Tom? DeConing. Yeah, DeConing. Yeah, just called DeConing, you can't get it wrong. Carlton DeConing at centre-half <laughs> back because they need defenders. So They haven't um, played there for a long time, so you're almost taking a bit of a risk throwing him back there because yeah. I think early in But you fill spots for good players and players yeah, are yeah, I reckon. Oh, I agree with that. This I, time of the year, I, take I, a I risk like that. Well, it's last roll of the dice, isn't it? This week and next week, if they don't get the job done and they're playing against the Bears. So, anyway, let's talk about Max Gorn because <laughs> the, the Ruckmans have changed at the opposition. I feel like Melbourne winning a lot of football and now he's trying to impose himself on the game last week. and two of his last three big numbers so he's been playing ruck he's been moving forward he looked the man most likely so I'm taking Max to have 20 plus disposals this week at $1.96 that's a big price for 20 you plus you throw points. him in for any time goal scorer as well because last week he had multiple opportunities his goal kicking's off though four. Remember good opportunity. Five in a row in the prelim. They couldn't miss. Yeah. His goal kicking's off at the moment. Yeah, so just just a sneaky one for any time goal scorer. That's it. And Charlie Kerner obviously should kick a bunch as he always does. Fremantle and West Coast, the big derby. Uh, I derby or derby? 
it's over there. It's Derby. It's <coughs> yep. They they do things differently out west. Um, you'd assume Fremantle should get the job done, but West Coast just like making things difficult when you come to showdowns like this. Yeah, it'll be a good game. Fremantle should win. Good West game. Coast. Good I, I think West game. Coast have to built themselves up for last week. Josh Kennedy's last game. They got him the ball. Um, for me, Fremantle win this game. Luke Ryan, his last four games uh, at halfback. So he's been controlling the air and then getting the ball Takes on the back end. So 24, 24, 25, 32. So to do that again, 25 plus, or if you want something shorty, you go 20 plus in the same game multi as well. Uh, Richmond and Hawthorne. BJ, how are you seeing this one? Richmond again, they looking to make a spot in the top eight. Yeah, they wouldn't want to butcher this, would they? No, so they respect can't. to Hawthorne, they've been, you know, when they played well, their good footy's pretty good. But with respect to um, Hawthorne, Richmond should win this and they need to win this. Keep in touch. Everyone's talking about if they make the eight, how dangerous they're going to be. I tend to agree, but they still, if they get there, they're in good form and they deserve to be there, which makes them even more dangerous because they are, you know, in good form. So uh, Richmond should get it done. Um, and one guy, f well... Two guys from Hawthorne I want to touch on is John Newcomb and Dylan Moore. You highlighted Dylan Moore playing more in the midfield of the last, last five games. Last five games. Well, so he can play everywhere, can't we've he? Seen his ability to hit the scoreboard as a forward, um, but Jai Newcomb too is essentially replaced uh, Warple as the in, and you know yep. remember where he's come from. So it's a great story in itself, a determination, uh, and where you can get to when you don't give up. So. His, his last five games, John Newkins been outstanding, really good user of the ball. And then Dylan Moore, as I've just made mention, playing more in the midfield, got great leg speed, able to hit the scoreboard, um, but then he's a really good user with ball in hand. So he's having an outstanding, or those two in particular, having a uh, great last month of footy. Talk about Shea Bolton, who I think is the best player in the game right now. You're on the bandwagon. No player in the best competition player. is doing what he does at the moment. Yes, Clayton, Oliver, Lockie, Neal get a lot of the football, but nobody's doing what he does. So he was tagged last week by Ryan Burton. Still had nine shots at goal. Hawthorne have been tagging. So I look through the Richmond midfield. Can you, you get ta tagged as a forward? Tag, do you tag Prestia? As a forward? I'm they, not sure. You're but a forward. You get tagged every week, don't you? There's a lot of halfback flankers these days who will line up on Shea Bolton. And then as soon as the game is un unfolding, then will run off and try and get their own footy. Maybe Sam Mitchell sends someone to to him like a McGuinness and just says Hardwick. Uh, it's just a lockdown it is a lockdown wherever Shea goes you go if he goes in the midfield you go in there if he's full forward you go with him but in saying that hard to stop him from kicking two plus goals or three plus goals because he's so good at it the only thing that lets him down is missing goals at the yeah. moment I think Shake. he could be the best player in a long way if he got that right so Shea Bolton and Noel Cumberland is the other one that's added to this forward line which is why I'm bullish about Richmond again when you look at their stats since round six um there's not many clubs. I think Geelong, are the, Geelong and Collingwood are the only two that have got a better record since round six. And when you take into consideration, they lost to Geelong, they lost to Gold Coast after the siren, they lost to North Melbourne, and they also lost to Sydney after being 33 points up. They could quite possibly have the best record in the league since round six. So that's why they I'm don't. bullish on the Tigers. <laughs> that They don't understand that. But when you've got Jack Rewald, who's probably getting the third or fourth best defender mm -hmm. as a 700-plus goal kicker, Things are working yeah. for you. But the thing is, I guess three years ago, they were the team that would always win those matches. So it looks as though they've come on the other side of that hill. Mm. Don't you think? Yep. As opposed no. to as opposed to a Collingwood, who yep, no. a year ago were losing those games and yep. now they're winning them. Yes, no, I agree with that. It's a good yeah. point, Collingwood winning them, but they did do a good job to get back against Brisbane a couple of weeks ago and win a close one. They did. So maybe the tide is and turning. We, we did, and we wrote them off. Well, I wrote them off at the start of the year, but they're still <laughs> hanging around. I'd love them to finish ninth. We're going to go to the Sunday <laughs> games and a $100 play on the other one side of this one.
Welcome back to In the Back Pocket, and we're going to go into what I think is the most intriguing match of the round. It's Sydney and Collingwood. Collingwood, I don't know if BJ's going to go for them, but 12 in a row. So I want you to take us into the coach's box. Flag pause. Sydney. Can, yeah. you, can you just keep going against them? Because Collingwood yes. seem to do everything that As uh, a couple of my mates who are Collingwood supporters alluded to, he's just keep betting against them and we'll keep winning. Collingwood are well outsiders in this one. I'm very surprised at the odds, even though it is at the SCG, Sydney are informed. And often are they wrong? Are they? The odds? Yeah. Well... No, reason go, why into, that low. go into the coach's box. Well, the coach's box. So what, <laughs> what the Collingwood have been good at is their efficiency and with the ball. So it's yeah. outrageous. So if I look at the stats of the last three weeks in particular against Collingwood, VSN... You've got a bit of goodwill hunting going on. 65, uh, Essendon with plus 65 possessions, plus 13 contested possessions, plus 56 uncontested possessions. Port Adelaide beating in contested ball possessions, uncontested possessions. Melbourne, we all know about Melbourne's efforts last week. Uh, plus 93 in possessions, plus 24 contested, plus 24 in inside 50s. I'm alluding to, but Collingwood's ability with the ball to move the ball from one end to the other and through the midfield has been outrageously good and efficient. And it's set up from, I think, their back half when you allow more or Jeremy Howe to have time and space or allow a spare or a plus one, as we like to say in full terms. And then, yeah, Dacos in there with their boys. I've got Nick and Josh. Their ball use around the field is elite. So you've got, to, you've got to put some time and effort in more and how, not allowing a spare for Collingwood at every time, make them accountable, and then put some time and effort into the Dacos boys because they, they do set them up, in particular from the back half. Um, and on a smaller ground, that's going to be easier for them to have an impact on the ground because you almost bypass the middle of the ground and they can have a bigger impact uh, and get inside 50. So um, Sydney's focus this week should be on those four individuals I spoke about and team defence. Just the ability to slow Collingwood down, not allow them to change angles, get the ball back through the corridor, get it to the open side, some footy lingo in there for you. But that gives their forwards and makes their forwards dangerous. In, in Elliott, uh, in particular their smalls, Ginevan, a number of these guys are having impact on, game, so, on the game. So slow them down, force them to kick it down the line to their tools. That'll make it harder for Collingwood then to move the ball with fluency, get it in the inside 50 to isolated smalls in particular. So that should be a focus of Sydney this week, and I think they're capable of it. So I'll keep get betting against Collingwood, <laughs> and I'm going with Sydney this week. But they're doing some outrageously good things, and I enjoy it. I'm happy to be proven wrong. So they're, they're, they're breaking all records based on their stats. It's not sustainable. And the good thing about it, though, if you look at it from a positive for Collingwood, is they can act, they've got time to change it. So they've been winning with being belted in numerous key indicators and metrics, but they've got time to fix it and give themselves a better chance when it comes finals time. It's extraordinary that they're over $3 and they've won 11 games in a row. And they're playing against Sydney, who are in just as good a form. I think they're the form team, along with Collingwood, Geelong, Sydney, the three form teams in the competition. Um, you spoke about Nick Dacos. They can't let him run around. So Ryan Clark, he'll be, I'll be I'll be gobsmacked if Ryan Clark doesn't tag Nick yep. Dacos. So he's done the job this year on Bailey Dale and also Jack Sinclair, who are the two best halfback flankers in the comp, along with Daniel Rioli. Nick Dacos, I think, goes in there as the quartet of the best halfback flankers in the competition. Is so, he all Australian this year, Nick, in his first year of footy? He'd, he'd go very close. It he'd is make a, the squad. It's a hard spot. So Bailey Dale, Sinclair, Clark. I think Daniel Rioli is really pushing late yep, in the Rioli. season. So Ryan Clark will go to him, and I don't think Dacos will have influence. It's a hard ground 
to, if you're playing half-back, there's not a lot of space at half-back um, if you've got someone on you the whole time. So that will happen. Um, and I agree with you. I've tipped against Collingwood again. It's not going to surprise me if they win, but I think Sydney should be winning this game. Pretty keen on Sam Reid to kick goals as well because I feel like he'll get the mismatch, Sam Reid, this week. But Tom Papley, his last seven games have been extraordinary. Pap. So... What I love about it is he goes into the midfield and he's kicking goals still. So his last five games since round 17, two goals in each of them and three in round 21. But he goes into the midfield and he opens up his lungs. He gets a blow. So half forward is the hardest position to play. That's why halfback's the easiest position to play. So if he goes in there and he <laughs> starts in was there, a half forward. so he starts <laughs> running, he gets his engine up, he gets his motor up. It makes playing half forward easier if you start running in the midfield yeah. before that. So I think they've got the balance right with Tom Papley at the moment and you're seeing the best footy from him. What about down the other end in terms of Collingwood's goal scoring? Majek, Elliot, who's going to be scoring for Yeah, well, Elliot's been the, the man the last couple of weeks, hasn't he? You hold him in your, your value bets for Ash two Johnson plus this week. Well. So Brody Majek, who's been a mainstay and a consistent player all year. So even when they weren't going so well early in the year, he was the man bobbing up, um, providing them with an option and hitting the scoreboard. So Ash Johnson, we you know, doesn't miss. Doesn't miss. Come from nowhere. What a game he had last week on the biggest stage in football against arguably the best team in the competition. So look for those two in particular. You highlight Elliot for two plus Marky goals. Marky kicked seven against them last week as well. They did. Yeah, they came from nowhere. I mm. think good value bet though, Pies. I don't know if they'll get the job, but in terms of some value. Take them to the line then. That's it. Well, I've gone then for the line 19 and a half points. The line is at the moment. Essendon and Port Adelaide. Well, you can't be guaranteeing Essendon to win anything at the moment, can you? 50-50 game, this one. It's the hardest one of the round. Yeah. I, I look at this one and I go, I could make a case for Essendon to win by 40-plus. I could make a case for Port Adelaide yeah. to win by 40-plus. That's how up and down they are. In saying that, Port Adelaide, apart from last week, I thought that was their worst game of the season last mm. week against Richmond. The, you know, they started 0-5, but in a lot of those 0-5 games, they were, they, were in the, they were in the contest. Last week, they just were not in the contest at all. They only had 41 inside 50s mm -hmm. or something like that. So that was clearly their worst performance. And Essendon are a better side. They were terribly disappointed. Oh, I thought last week. Last week, I thought they would win that game comfortably. They didn't. This is a game I'm going to sit out of. I can't pick a winner. What about some disposals if you can't pick it? That's where, I, yeah, that's where I think the value is because... Uh, Zach Butters, Connor Rosie, they've they've been outstanding. Connor Rosie in, in particular, I think yeah. he's fourth or fifth on the AFL coaches he's association well. votes. Come from nowhere, so he's back end of the year. So that's something to look forward into next year for Port Adelaide supporters. Is his consistency in what you're going to get out of him next year? Because he'll be a better player. Um, found his feet in there. Um, Zach Butters, uh, who's been a little bit up and down in terms of possessions wise. That's what we wrote about here. So look for him to have a game. But even look from the Edison side. Um, uh, Drew will go to one of either Zach Merritt or Darcy Parrish, so buyer beware with those two. So there's a bit of value, I think, around Nick Martin, a couple of the other guys. Redmond. 20-plus, who had a quiet one last week. Redmond, our man here, the Red Dog. And then uh, Peter Wright, two-metre Peter. Look for him to hit the scoreboard. I think he's their only option. Harrison Jones being dropped, being dropped this week, which is a, a bit of a statement call. Bit interesting come yeah, he had a really poor one last week. Is it something to do with his attitude behind the scenes? I'm not sure. But why wouldn't you just play him the last couple of weeks just to get a couple of games in noon? Sure. Sounds like No, nah, got nothing for you. Insider. I'd give insider. you something. So <laughs> two Metapede is your man for Essendon to hit the scoreboard. Let's see. Well, let's have a look at the $100 play, see how we've been going. I've missed a couple of rounds, obviously, with this, so that's why I'm there. But uh, cool, no money from any of you there. BJ still in the red. Uh, it's been disappointing the last couple of weeks, so we need to bounce back. It is back. harder at this end of the season, it is. though, I think. It certainly is. There's a yep. lot of uh, performances that go 
not the way you're going to think. And then there's no value in the 25 plus disposal market where we did well in the early part of the season. So I'm going to start off with Bailey Dale and Jack Sinclair to go both get 25 plus disposals. Bailey Dale back up to about that $1.60 mark. Jack Sinclair is in there as well. So that's the first one. Then I've got some goal scorers. I've got Sam Reid to kick three plus goals. I just think he gets the matchup that he needs this week and he's been building towards that. It's a big price to kick three. And then Jeremy, uh, uh, Charlie Cameron and both Bailey to Oof. kick two in that game. That. Bailey Fritz kick a couple, and here's the kick at. Here's the one where I get here's the value. Phil Thorpe. No. So Thorpe. Real Thorpe. Phil Thorpe. Real. So I think Phil Thorpe can kick two plus goals, so that yeah, is going to get me back up. Yeah, I like it. That's a good um, price multi. BJ, you've gone for a 17 leg. No, I haven't, but I've gone for goal scorers, but I send mine through to our WhatsApp group, whereas Brownie, you just... He hides it. Yeah, hides it, so I don't... So I'm going, uh, yeah, Isaac Heaney and Elliot for two-plus goals in that game. Uh, Elliot, again, I think he's the man in form for Collingwood. Um, And then I'm going Frederick and Ryan for two-plus goals uh, over there in the West for the Derby. Yep. And then I've got Richmond, Sydney, head-to-head. So I'm sorry, Collingwood supporters. Well, I'm not sorry because they'll probably end up winning anyway, so I'm doing <laughs> you a favour. So going Sydney and Richmond uh, have to win and will win this 50 week. 50 bucks on that. All right, my $100 play, I've gone $50 for pies at the line. It's 19 and a half points. I mm-hmm. think they're at least going to make it competitive even if they don't get the win, so they can lose by up to three goals there. $25 on a uh, Multi about possessions. Miller, Petrarca for 25. Key, Sard and Mundy for 20. Um, you got the five-leg multi going. I did. I haven't done a 15-leg yet, but yeah. they're all they're all nice, safe bets, I think. So. And then a four-leg Adelaide and Geelong by 25-plus in the winning margin and Melbourne and Brisbane just head-to-head, 25 bucks on that. Nice work, George. Nice works. And that'll do us, of course, punters. If you're having a punt on the footy this weekend, please enjoy the footy. But more importantly, make sure you do gamble responsibly. You know the score. Stay in control. Gamble responsibly.